sometimes I didn't. It's like I got to the end and I realized, oh, something's missing. And as an author, you can go back and you can rewrite history in a way that everything fits. And so if you need something like that, you have that ability to go back and, and put it in. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers. And this is the Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. Taylor, I can tell we're not doing video with this show because you're reading your intro again. And I can tell you're <laughs> reading because you're so much faster when you read it than the last two episodes where you had to think about it a little bit. I finally, after flubbing the intro so many times just decided it wasn't worth it and I just put it in a file and that I read it now because I flubbed it and I'm tired of flubbing it and now Steve's well after <laughs> after we get through with the chit chat we are going to move on to the topic for today's show which is taking an idea for a story and then building an outline for it essentially and we will get to that in a minute but for the chit chat today Taylor I know you are like I don't know on a, on a scale of one to ten I would rate you as a self-promoter at somewhere between zero and one. So I'm going to twist your arm and force you to talk about something new that you're doing today. So you've mentioned this in your Facebook group. I know you've emailed a couple of, of big fans of yours about this, but it's not something we've talked about on the show, and it's not something that you've talked about to your newsletter group. So what are you doing that's new? Okay. You're so right. Oh, I'm so bad at, at self-promotion. Um, uh, I've started a Patreon page. And for those who don't know what Patreon is, it's, um, it's kind of like Kickstarter. It's a, it's a way for individuals who are particularly fond of an artist or a writer or um, a graphic designer, somebody who's a creator to be their patron, to support them monthly, but in small amounts. And um, in the link that I, that I put up on my page, I explain about how in the olden days we had patrons of the arts, you know, like kings and lords, they'd, have, they, they'd pay the bills for an author or a painter or a musician, and that, that person would be part of their household staff, and that's what allowed them to create without being the starving artist. And so um, I've, I've been able to avoid that type of thing for a long time, but uh, there's a lot of uncertainty going on right now, and it's forcing me to have to make some decisions that are not beneficial for writing and getting stories to everybody or doing these shows or whatever. And so um, I'm asking those who have appreciated this podcast, who've appreciated my books, who've appreciated the emails or the interaction, if they'd be willing to be my patron. And it doesn't take a lot. Together, everybody in, a in aggregate can, can make such a big difference. And instead of just saying, oh, can you support me or whatever, I'm trying to offer, give back even more. And of course, my biggest goal is to keep the podcast running and the websites running and all of that is expensive. And so 
I want to keep all this material free. I want to keep doing it. And so the Patreon idea was a way to provide those who can and who want to with an opportunity to be a part of this and keep it rolling. You know, you and I had a conversation, I don't know, a couple of years ago when we first started talking about things that weren't just me interviewing you. And a part of that conversation was this thought that I had that that being an author is like the only form of entertainment um, where there's just one tier of fan. Like if if I'm a baseball fan, I can get a $7 bleacher ticket or I can get a $25 sideline ticket or I could get a $75 box seat or I could buy a luxury suite if I want. There are all these different choices for me as an author, uh, but my choices for an author or, or as a reader who is a fan of an author like you are to buy the book or to buy the audio book or to buy both. And that's essentially it. Right. And there, there, you have to sell as a, as an author, you have to sell so many books to be at that same price level to be able to, to support yourself. But there are many fans I've heard from so many people. I hear from them every week about how, the material that I send out, not just my books, which they mean different things to different people. For some people, it's just entertainment. For others, it's a lifeline because they can relate to that, the characters on such a deep level. And it's, um, it, it's more to them than just the book or just the emails. And they would contribute more. They want to contribute more, but they just didn't ever know that there was a way to do it. And so I have gotten back a lot of excited emails, both from those who can and those who can't. Like, I, I, I got one email that it made me cry, and I, and I, I will start crying <laughs> if I try and talk about it. I'm not but, editing it out if you do start crying. It's staying in. So. I'm such a crybaby. I cry when I feel emotion, whether it's happy or sad. So, you know. But um, it was thanking me for asking and thanking me for writing the email and that they didn't want me to think that because they didn't weren't able to contribute and didn't contribute that it was because they didn't care or didn't want to. And so their whole email was about me, about making me be okay and, and just thanking me and it, it made me cry. They made me cry right now. It's so stupid. <laughs> and it's staying but, uh, in. Oh, God. So, um... Yeah, so this whole thing has been really hard for me because I, and it's so strange because I, you know, I grew up on the streets asking people for money. And you would think I got that shit down. Oops, I said that's a bad word on the air. <laughs> but um, I it don't. It's, it's so much harder because this is personal. And it's really easy to feel that after you've done all of these things, um, the, the emails and the, the podcasts and You've given so much for so long that if if somebody doesn't respond, not with money, but like they just ignore you or something, it's really easy to feel that you have no value because it's it's you personally. It's not some cause or some whatever. So it's been really, really hard for me to put myself out there like that because I prefer just to not know about the rejection. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, I've only, I, I put in the Facebook 
fan club group because that's like my happy little safe space. And I wrote it to a very small number of people in email who I didn't know if they'd seen it or not. And I know eventually I'm going to have to put it out in the newsy and post it on social media at large, but it's, it's really hard. Taylor, for people who are interested in learning more about uh, you on Patreon, how do they find out? Um, the search feature there sucks. So it's um, www.patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens. And that'll take you directly to my account. And um, if nothing else, go read it just to, because I tried to be entertaining and funny in the way that I explain it there. So if nothing else, it'll make it funny. And you can see the different levels of patronage and what you get for them. And you can see what the goals are and if we can grow it big enough. Okay, cool. Now, you're ready to get to this. And, of course, we will have a, a link to the Patreon page in the show notes at taylorstevenshow.com. So if you're out driving around, you don't have to drive off the side of the road to write this down. It will be in the show notes as well. So you ready to get to this week's topic? I'm so ready to get to this week's topic. <laughs> okay, let me introduce this week's topic, and I will tell a short story uh, behind the topic. Several months ago, I was approached by someone who's putting together an anthology of thriller short stories. I don't really write thrillers. I sort of write mysteries. And, but I said, yeah, I'll do it because I knew the people and I wanted to be involved and I was excited about it. And the crunch of time happened the way it always does. And I got an email a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, you know, we need a synopsis. And we need the first 250 words by March 31st. Taylor, what day are we recording this episode? I think we're on March 30th. Okay, so <laughs> I've put it off as long as I possibly could. <laughs> because oh my God, I could never operate the way Steve does. Well, because I don't have to write the story. I just have to give them an idea for what the story is and, and give them the first 250 words. So what we wanted to do, and, and we've actually been planning this since I agreed to do this, because we've had several people ask uh, to say, you know, it'd be great if we could see the way Taylor builds out a story. And obviously we can't take uh, an 80 to 100,000 word story and build it out in a half hour episode, but we can take my, – my story is supposed to be somewhere between five and 10,000 words, and I kind of have a beginning – and that's basically it. I have a character because it's, I'm, I'm going to use the character that I'm, I'm writing now, the one that Taylor's uh, been helping me with and, and we've talked about on the show. So it's basically I have an idea for the beginning, and we're going to talk about how to build this into a story in this episode. And the pressure is all on Taylor because she knows nothing about it. I'm I'm getting this blank. I'm I'm terrified. I told Steve we better have a backup plan for a second show because I don't <laughs> know if it's gonna work. <laughs> uh, speaking of future shows, we we do have some listener questions that we're going to get to, but because of this deadline thing, a day from now, we're squeezing this one in uh, ahead of time. So here's the idea, and th our plan was that I was going to come up with six to ten story ideas. And pitch them to Taylor. Well, that didn't happen. Now I've got one. So, with, Which, with a, I have no idea what it is. And I, I, it's not even a story idea. It's just a beginning. 
So if Taylor says, wow, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard, this Which episode would w- never say. will be like 10 minutes long. And, and <laughs> we'll thank you, and we'll be back again next week. All right, so here's, here's the idea. Reggie, who's my character, and his friend are out at an event. It's during the day. It's a local event, and he gets a phone call. And the phone call says, we've got your daughter. We grabbed her at this children's park slash parties, a children's park where they have parties. And we're going to call you back in an hour. You need to raise some money. And they hang up. But Reggie doesn't have a daughter. And that's the beginning. I like that. Okay, good. Phew. All right, the show continues. <laughs> <laughs> so the thinking is, my thinking is that Reggie will first have to consider whether or not this is a hoax, uh, just somebody dialing people and saying this, which it certainly could be, or it could be actually something. And because he's who he is, he would likely want to go and investigate. Wrong, 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 wrong. Oh, see, I knew you could do it. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> no, his first, his first thought should be, do I call the police? And if he doesn't call the police, it's going to be he's going to have to have a really good reason why, like they're going to they're going to not believe me or he has to have some past dealings with them that it could he's afraid that's going to get him in trouble. And he thinks that it's maybe a hoax going on at the same time. So he's sort of blowing it off. But no one in their right mind in real life ever jumps right into something like that and doesn't go. I need I need to take this to someone who actually deals with this on a daily basis. Okay, so he calls the police. Yeah. Okay. All right. Does he call his friend the cop, or does he just dial nine one one? Well, if he has connection with police officers already, and he's doesn't know if this is legit or not, he probably his first inclination would be to go to someone that he trusts so that he doesn't look crazy and say, this just happened. What do you recommend that I do? Okay. And they would probably recommend that he stay the heck out of it and they'll take care of it. But Well, I'm not, I, that's where yeah. I would personally get a little bit lost because I don't know procedure. Mm-hmm. But seeing as this is fiction, you can craft it in such a way that it makes perfect sense that that's what happens. Or he says, this is who you need to call and gives him a number. So I'm probably going to go with the crafted in such a way that it works idea. And so he will have reported it to the police, but he's a naturally curious person. And, you know, they're just kind of out killing time anyway. So why not go to this children's place and check it out? Okay. Would he not want to run some searches on the number first to see if he can turn anything up? It would be a block number. It, what, however it is you do it, you'd want to have him exhaust all resources prior to actually going to the location okay. so that that is the only option he has left if he's going to personally satisfy his curiosity. What other options would there be? Um, well, he's a private investigator, and just because a number is blocked, I would imagine there are other ways to figure out where that number came from. That's your job since you're writing the story. Okay, but he's, <laughs> he's only got an hour. He's, he's got okay. an hour before the next phone call. 
that is the beauty of fiction is you can, as long as you answer the questions, you satisfy the questions and there's a reason for why he's doing what he's doing, then you're good. So if he's only got an hour, he's done as much as he could do in that limited amount of time. And he's like, I got to go see what's going on. I want to, I want to get a step ahead of this in case there's another call that comes in, then go. But I would also imagine that if he told the people, uh, officials that he was expecting a call in another hour, they'd either want his phone or they'd want to spoof it so that they were the ones who took the phone call or were in on the phone call if it arrived. Just something to think about. And if it doesn't happen that way, you've just got to address that. Make sure if, if you want the story to go in a different direction, you need to know that that is a weakness and you've got to think it through in such a way that it makes perfect sense to the reader. Okay. Like he couldn't get a, he couldn't gain contact with the person, something like that. Like by the time he gets there, he hasn't been able to connect with somebody who can actually help is, ah, is one, okay. one, right. way, one way of doing it. Okay. Just so, so the listeners understand, this is a process I go through in my own writing is if the plot is going to go in a certain direction, you got to look at all the weaknesses of why that doesn't work and make sure they're answered along the way. And it is impossible for you to hit them all. Your better readers are going to find them. Your editors are going to find them. It's going to piss you off because it's going to mean more work and having to explain things. But these are the things you're trying to resolve before you even get to that stage is all the reasons why. And satisfying them can be very, very simple. You just have to make sure you didn't overlook them in the case of trying to move your plot forward. Okay. All right. So eventually we get him up to the children's park, which is just a few minutes away okay. uh, so that we can save time and we have enough time left for him. I was considering having him hear something during the call that would lead him to believe that that, that would be some sort of a clue, but that might be too obvious. It might be too much of an eye roller. Um, it, it, we can come back and revisit that. When we get to the, by the time we get to the end of the story, we'll know whether you need that or not. Okay. And that's something that is also really amazing as an author is when somebody's reading the finished product, they're like, how did you figure, think that all out? And usually, I mean, at least for me, sometimes I didn't. It's like I got to the end and I realized, oh, something's missing. And as an author, you can go back and you can rewrite history in a way that everything fits and and so if you need something like that, you have that ability to go back and, and put it in. OK, so he winds up at the at this children's park. It's it's essentially like a castle where kids have parties and there are games and things for kids. And he gets there. He sees that there is a hubbub. He goes off and he sees, yes, there really is a young girl missing. And so he has them call the police as well. They would have already. They would have okay, already all called right. the police. So, okay. Okay. So he confirms that they've called the police uh -huh. and starts questioning people. And he learns something. That, okay. So you know, if he's going to be there questioning people, you got to make sure that this is also really clear of why anybody would even talk to him. So if he's there just on his own, like – and he's trying to get information. Part of the story is going to be why and how and whatever he does something. So, and it's real simple, real small as it slips in, but like he can act as a concerned parent or he can whatever. His point is he needs to get people to talk to him, but 
What if somebody there knew, knew who he was? That, that's helpful. It's also somewhat convenient. This being a short story and being short on words, sometimes you have to take shortcuts like that as a storyteller. But it makes, it's more, makes him a deeper character if he's able to assess the situation, assess, very quickly assess a few people that are there and go, that's the person I need to go see and, and just side up to them and find a way to get them to give him information, whichever way he does it, whether as he comes in as an authority voice or he comes in as, you know, a concerned citizen, whatever it is, um, it makes him more interesting as a character if he's having to figure it out than if it's just handed to him. Okay, so then he finds something, and I don't know what yet because I haven't thought it through. Um, what could he find that would lead him in the right direction? That, that I, my initial thought was that someone saw someone that like sort of didn't fit there. So here is where we need to go back to the beginning of story building which is you can't know these details if you yourself don't know why, who, where, whatever. So it's great that, you know, you've got this opening. That's great. That's, called, that's a pitch. That's an idea. But now you've got to go back and figure out what started this whole story off to begin with. We go to the inciting incident, the, the, that one key thing that if it hadn't have happened— we, this story never could have happened. It doesn't ever have to show up on the page. It's the backstory, or it could show up on the page and come out in the story later as we discover who the bad guys are. But without knowing, okay, we, we're going under the impression right now, and this could change if you change the story, that someone really was kidnapped and that the phone call is not a hoax. Well, I, I have an inciting incident. I don't okay. know if it's a good one or not. It is basically, I mean, this is Florida, the land of dumbass criminals okay and um <laughs> apologies in advance to any florida listeners who are not dumbass criminals well yes apologies in advance to the smart criminals who are listening to this show <laughs> but we are famous for the stupidity of the criminals down here and there are some really good writers who have made a lot of money out of using things that have actually happened carl hyacin being one of them he just would take uh, story events right out of the Miami Herald and, and spin them into best-selling books. So entertaining. Yes. So anyway, this is a guy who just needs $1,000. And he's, it's like he desperately needs $1,000. It's either to get his car fixed or to buy drugs or to do something. And he just he, he just thinks, I'm just going to snatch this little girl and someone will give me $1,000. They can go to an ATM and get $1,000 and I can get it and my problem is solved. Except ATMs don't typically dish out $1,000 at a time. But, but you can okay. go to two. Working. You can go to two. Okay. Yes. I'm working with you. Okay. That's the inciting incident. It's a okay. dumbass criminal. It's, it's, not, it's not a smart guy with an elaborate plan. It's an idiot. Okay. So now that we know that that – and then this little girl was just – He hard. didn't select okay. this person. He just picked the girl that walked by him. Okay. So – we're going to need to know in advance, even if we don't know this early in the story, how it was he got Reggie's number. Was it a misdial? He got the little girl to tell her her dad's number, him, her dad's number or something? It was his mom's and number, and she got it wrong. She got it wrong. Yeah. Okay. So 
Now, we have the inciting incident, the, basically the, the founding idea, and um, we can go back to where we were in the story of figuring out what comes next. And you said, Reggie, either sees something or, you know, some clue. Mm-hmm. So, what do you got? That's as far as I got because I started this. We, we started talking at 11 o'clock today, and I started it at 10.30. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you already know how the story ends? Do you know where you're trying to get? Yes. I mean, Reggie figures out where the child is and gets there like seconds before the police. He's in communication with the police, and he gets there first and saves the day. Okay. And it, you know, the, whole, so, the whole story time frame is like two hours. Okay. So the next question is, is the kidnapper and the little girl still on the premises? That was one direction I thought of going, and that one really kind of makes a lot of sense. The only other direction is that the guy's got like a van or something and just tosses her in the back of the van and takes her somewhere and, and calls Reggie or, or you know, calls the mother. An, what if there's an ice cream shop across the street? And he just sits a little girl down with an ice cream, and he's sitting there with her, and he's just watching everything from across the street. And the little girl's perfectly fine, but the reader doesn't know that at the time. <laughs> See, that's why I love talking to you about this stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm looking for the simplest solution mm-hmm. to because you really you you have a word count yes. uh, crisis, and you don't you have to be careful when you're dealing with kids. Because... Oh, I've got it. Maybe, maybe. Okay. There's this ice cream shop in town here, and I forget what it's called, but what they do is they you go in and you order what you want, and they just take the cream, and they mix the stuff in there, and then they there's this loud whooshing noise, and something cold goes in, and it freezes it into ice cream. So he hears that whooshing noise on the He could hear the, the whooshing noise. And or maybe he could hear the whooshing noise on the second call and realize what it is that that actually solves the other problem that I had. So, yes. okay. so now now we're getting somewhere. Okay. so now that you as a storyteller already sort of have you have the big you have what pushed all this into place. In the beginning, that gives you your characters and you gives you your motivation, right? Mm-hmm. The rest of the story is not going to make any sense without those. And now you have more or less how it ends and, and where the bad guy, which I almost have to put it in quotes because yeah. it's so <laughs> um, uh, The dumbass is, Florida is, criminal. Yeah, yeah, where he is and stuff. So these are all beside, behind the scenes things that the reader may not find out until the story is finished. If ever, but you as the author have to know this because you're guiding the story in that direction, right? So basically now you have separate scenes where you have Reggie, most of his action is going to take place in the in that castle play area as he's trying to figure it out. And then you have the scene, you have the location of where the guy and the girl really are, which we're not going to get to till much later. But now you have your setting. And when you're writing um, a story, you have to know where things take place before. I mean, 
you don't necessarily have to write them before you start the story, but it sure makes it a whole lot easier, not write them, sorry, know them before you start writing the story, but it makes it a whole lot easier because then it, it it's you have your scene settings, you have the world that this this story is taking place in. And we've now narrowed that world to the little castle and we've narrowed it to the ice cream shop. So you're going to want, now you've got to lead Reggie on clues through that little world to get him to the ice cream shop. Even if it takes him out and somewhere else and running around town, that's, that's the distance that you've got to get him. Okay, so I've got my marching order. So I need to get some material to the um, the people that are putting this together, I guess it's the editors for 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 this, um, and then I need to write the story, and then I think I think it would be interesting if you did your thing where you went through and sort of like made your comments like you did to that Reggie material that I sent earlier, and that okay. might actually be the basis for another show. Yeah, and that way, um, all the listeners who are sitting here going, "Wait, wait, you got the beginning and the end, and how did you get from here to there?" We can actually have something to work with to say, and then we did this, and then we did this, and you can, yes. we can yeah. come back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we could do it now, but then we'd have a 60-minute show, and, and we're trying to get away from those longer shows. So, okay, Taylor, it's the 30th, and I need to have this, uh, the first 250 words to them by the 31st. <laughs> I, I have, like, this really good idea for the beginning. I want to write the beginning and send it to you. Could you take a quick look at it and uh, give me your thoughts? And, in fact... You could even um, give me your thoughts and record them and stick them up on Patreon if you wanted to, and then everyone could could see your thoughts on uh, on my first 250 words. Done deal. Okay, um, so but yeah, got, I, I got to have it back by tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd be happy to do that for you, Steve. And then um, – uh, yeah, I would um, – one of my goals on, on Patreon is to do more of this in-depth uh, – stuff where you see on the screen the changes and everything um we did it a couple times for the show to, to, as an experiment but it's not something that we can do on the show all the time because it doesn't really work for listeners as it does for people who are listening with their eyes so um yeah but i can use this and thank you steve for letting me use this material and i will post it on patreon the, okay. the workup and I will say, because we did ask people over the last two episodes to let us know whether they found the video helpful, and the silence, I won't say it was deafening, there were a couple people that said yes, but we've had much larger responses to other questions, so my theory is that most people would prefer to just listen to the podcast and just be able to learn that way. So we'll probably gear back from that really in-depth stuff that would require video um, and, and make it completely audio-friendly. And for those people who did uh, write in and, and say how, how helpful the video was, we thank you, but you are in the minority, a, a very decided minority. So, yeah, but we'll still find a way to get it done. Yes, yes, we will, we will get it done. And uh, the more in-depth stuff that, that Taylor is so good at might just find its way to Patreon. And where can listeners find out about Patreon again? It's www.patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens. 
Okay, uh, we are going to be doing listener questions over the course of the next few weeks. So if you have anything, if you have a topic that you're interested in or something that you're wrestling with and you want Taylor to address it, please email it, leave it as a comment, uh, call the hotline, do whatever you have to do to, to get the information to us, and we will do our best to get you an answer on a future show. Thank you so much for listening. Love having you with us. Be with you next week.